0: I always put my 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 worth or my value in in doing jobs. I I just thought that that was more important. I remember I I cried about it, you know, thinking like, oh, you know, I'm not I'm not good enough. Like I'm gonna be home and I'm just gonna be a bum off of you, Nico. I'm never gonna you know I'm never that you know just thinking all of these crazy things like you know that just because I was not a working mom, I wasn't gonna bring in money. I wasn't gonna be worth anything to my family. But that was very far from the truth.
1: Hello and welcome. I'm Tanya Reason and this is The Gospel According to Mum, the show where we discuss the transformational work done in us by Jesus Christ as we live out motherhood and discipleship with Him. We're continuing our discussion with mother of four, Jessica Tarquinio. In part two of this episode, Jessica shares more of her story and her journey back to the church. We discuss her decision to homeschool, driven by a strong conviction, and the joy it is to see her family complement each other's faith in the home. It's interesting to me that you've had this experience with God and then you've not had a a magical pregnancy to follow it. You know, you've (laughs) had this massive moment with this incredible dream that turned out to be true, and then difficulties and more struggles. And you said later on that this was something that you think prepared you for motherhood.
0: Yeah, um, I think so. I think I really do think it was just this time that he was just preparing me for, you know, that yeah, there's gonna be struggles, but you know, I'm gonna be right here with you. I'm so grateful that he did decide to do it this way. You know, he revealed himself to me when he knew that I was ready and yeah. you know, I was to start to 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 listen. That mm-hmm. was when it all started. Was motherhood. You know, before I was kind of like, yeah, I don't, I don't really need God, but when you're a mom, you're you need God. I, I just, you know, you know, the days are hard, you know, they're long sometimes as mothers. And and then plus, you know, everything that we go through with our, the changes in our bodies when we're pregnant and, and delivery. I mean, who without him there, I mean, that it would seem really empty.
1: Yeah, because you start exhausted, don't you? I mean, we, we all talk about once the baby's born, you never get any sleep. But actually, most of the time, pregnancy takes it out of you before you've even right. got there. Right.
0: Oh, right. It's yeah. so true. You're exhausted beforehand because you're not sleeping like, you know, mm. weeks up until the birth mm-hmm. of the baby anyway. And and I guess that's a, that's your own little prep. Like, yeah, you're not going to sleep. Nobody ever told me that I was never going to sleep again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel that nobody was like, hey, just FYI, like you're just going to sleep like maybe a half an hour to like three hours in the beginning, like yeah. a night, you know, yeah. on and off your schedule and yeah. of course if you have more more than one child as well like afterwards you can't really nap when the baby
1: naps because yeah. you got another kid running around i know, I know. it's terrible it's terrible mm-hmm. yeah yeah they always somebody always needs something and they stagger it too i'm sure they i'm sure there's some kind of like psychological connection that your children have together because one of them will go off and you'll just get that sorted and then the next one will go off they never do it at the same time they just
0: no they go for
1: maximum impact and they through the night
0: just testing (laughs) us
1: yeah that's right and uh, now you're a mother of four yeah. Uh-huh. And, and you have twins as well. You finished it off with twins and, uh, <laughs> yeah, it must be yeah. full on.
0: Yeah. And that, yeah, that was definitely, that's definitely something when it's like double duty. It's like just all hands on deck because when the twins were born, I had, my son was five. My other one was three and my three-year-old was still kind of potty trading and, uh, Man, that was something. You know, trying to get everyone like change, change everyone, make sure they're everyone's all set, and feed everyone at the same time. I remember right after they were born, my my oldest was he was having trouble in the bathroom, and we were trying to get him set, and then put one of the babies down, and then my three year old runs off. Like we were just talking about, like they're just they're just waiting for the perfect moment. He goes into the drawer, gets a sharpie, never goes in the drawer and gets a sharpie, just all over the floor. (sighs) on the drawers what i mean why what would possess you like, you <laughs> chaos going on you're just thinking you know what i know how to ramp this up a little bit how can i get out the sharp and just just go to town i want yeah. to be an artist today so hmm. yeah no it's true they just yeah, and they want it the to
1: time. last too the sharpie yeah, I, I, I kinda it's gonna be, be permanent. permanent oh it's yeah it's fallen. and pregnancy when you have small children as well it's not like the first pregnancy is it mind you yours was hard Yours was hard, Yakka, but how did it yeah. go for the next the next pregnancies Did were things oh, better, or
0: yeah, well, my three year old that was my second pregnancy that it was an amazing pregnancy. I just I didn't throw up at all. I just i I had energy, I was able to keep up with my you know, he was oh gosh, one and a half maybe when I was pregnant, something like that. yeah, it was just a wonderful wonderful pregnancy. It was a terrible labor, worst labor out of all of them. I'm just convinced that it was just an easy pregnancy to prepare me for (laughs) for the awful labor. But my twin pregnancy was, was challenging again. I spent most of my time laying down on the couch. And if I got up too soon, I would get sick I was on medication again, but I didn't have to be hospitalized, which was great. But that, yeah, it was a hard pregnancy. And then once I got kind of got over the, the terrible morning sickness, it was like, wow, I'm just I'm huge already. I'm only 20 weeks. I'm huge. Yeah. So I didn't really want to go out or do very much. And when you have active little ones around, you know, they're always going to get into something when oh, you're kind of like on the couch. Yeah, just... There's no chasing them, is there? When you... <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the delivery went wonderfully I was terrified Mm -hmm. about you know delivering ones and it was my easiest deliveries like I mean which is insane but it was it was just everything went really well so I think the difference was was that I was in I'm, I'm in a completely other place than I was years ago with you know everything else I just I it was really great we prayed while I was in labor. I just, I just trusted God. I didn't give it over to the the pain and the fear and the anxiety. Mm -hmm. I just kind of just was centered so much on God that I think that it just went so well. And it, it was just really comforting to know too, that there were other people praying for me as well. Like just kind of just lifting me up in prayer, just like, all right, we're, we're praying and God's got you covered. And I just, I really trusted that. So I think that's why it went so, so well. When it comes time, you know, there is a fear when it comes time, like, oh, I have to get this baby out now. Yeah. And that's scary. Mm-hmm. That's kind of scary. But yeah, it was
1: definitely a lot better than my other deliveries just for that reason. Mm, that's know. amazing. What a journey. And so if we if we jump back now and look back after your first was born, mm-hmm. you said that it's hard not to believe God when you're looking down yeah. at your newborn baby.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So- so how did your how did your faith track from that point?
0: After that, it was just, I feel like I was just more receptive than to kind of the voice of God. And after going through that whole journey of struggling to get pregnant, then being pregnant, and then having a difficult pregnancy, and then it was a long labor too. I just, I, I, I mean, I couldn't stop looking at my, my baby. I was just so in awe that after all of that, you know, I was. It was true. I was a mother, finally, after all that time. And I felt like there was something, there's got to be something more when you're a mom and you feel that people talk about the unconditional love and you think, oh, well, you know, I love, I love my family. You know, I love my friends. I love my spouse. But when you look at your child, there's just like this, like, I would die for you in one second. Like mm. it just it wouldn't be a question in my mind, whether or not that, you know, I would give everything for you. Yeah. I think when you kind of are able to relate to that love, you're almost able to, you know, in a, in your own small human way, relate to, to Christ and his own sufferings mm-hmm. for us. And that's, that's kind of when I just I started to kind of be like, yeah, there's got to be something more than mm-hmm. than what I thought before. I wasn't really sure what that was, but along that time too, my husband was just starting to kind of come into this, this journey as well, where he was reading all sorts of books. He was, he was looking into things and he was talking to different people and he was like, yeah, there is something more, you know, right. there is, there is more than what we thought out there. And and I just remember, you know, a lot of times we would just talk things over, you know, mm-hmm. late nights, you know, feedings and all of those things, just talking over, well, what, what does this mean you know what if
1: this is all true then wow what do we do with this it's amazing yeah. how those late night feeds something something mysterious is happening there it's come up a lot with a lot of mums that i've spoken to and dads in that quiet moment when everybody else is asleep there's mm-hmm. something about everyone being asleep then I mean, you actually get a space to really yeah. think the the deep important thoughts don't you mm-hmm. There's some yeah. there's a blessing there even though you're awake and you wish you were asleep.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's so true. It's like if you're if you're dwelling on, you know, being like, "Oh, I wish I could sleep," but when you kind of give into that and be like, mm. "Yeah, you know, I'm not going to sleep anytime soon," and you just kind of give it over, you, it's, your mind starts to kind of think about things and and ponder things and yeah, it's very true. You start to kind of let go a little bit and mm-hmm. kind of travel down like, yeah, wow, there's a lot more to life than just this tiny little blip right now.
1: It's interesting what you say about letting go of the the worry of the fact that you're not asleep because mm-hmm. I've, I've often wondered about that is actually, it's not that I'm physically depleted, although I have been, <clears throat> mm-hmm. but the thing that really seems to get me worked up and get me further away from the uh, further away from God and further away from the kind of mother that I would like to be, is it's more about the anxiety and the panic of what is happening to me, rather than mm-hmm. what's actually happening to me. It's almost like the damage I do to myself is worse <laughs> than the circumstance. Mm-hmm. And coming from you know someone that yourself confessed anxious about yep. many yep. things, have you had moments of that kind of clarity where you thought, actually, no, I'm I'm making myself feel worse about this.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. All the time. Like, (laughs) I feel like I'm insightful about the the fact that I have anxiety, but it's hard not to travel down the Mm. rabbit sometimes where it's like, yeah, I am making this way worse than it needs to be. I often like I think after I don't know, after you have kids, I think you're just used to the late nights and the insomnia and sometimes you're never maybe fully able to kind of rest once you're a mother you know you're kind of always like your brain's always on alert like Mm. for whatever sound there might be in the house or anything like is that a child waking up or is that something I need so yeah I think sometimes you can get yourself really worked up in those moments where you're just kind of thinking about all sorts of things that you shouldn't but it really is a beautiful time to kind of sit Mm. down and 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 pray and and to thank God like oh thank God you know that I have children to, you know, keep me up, you know, before I would have, you know, just been dying for this opportunity for it to happen. And again, when we were talking about, you know, thinking about God and and making me wait, you know, for pregnancy, just thanking
1: God in those moments, like my life looks so different now. Mm. And so what took you back to church? How did that unfold?
0: It was another one of those things where I just felt that, God was calling me. It, it was after my son was born. I, I didn't go back to work. I had always thought that I would be the woman who went to work that I, you know, I, I got my college degree I got my master's degree. I was, I was an educator. I was happy with that. I thought that that's kind of what I wanted. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wanted to be a mother, but I always thought I'd be like a working mom. I just never thought that I'd I'd stay home. I really didn't. Again, when I saw my little baby in my arms in those late late nights, I thought I could never go back to work again. It was just just this very abrupt change like, no, no, no. I need to this is mo- more important than any job that I could do anywhere else. Like mm-hmm. I always put my 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 worth or my value in in doing jobs. I I just thought that that was more important. I remember I, I cried about it, you know, thinking like, oh, you know, I'm not I'm not good enough. Like I'm going to be home and well, I'm just going to yeah. be a bum off of you, Nico. I'm never going to, you know, <laughs> I'm never, gonna you know, just thinking all of these crazy things like, you know, that just because I was not a working mom, I wasn't going to bring in money. I wasn't going to be worth anything to my mm. family. But that was very far from the truth. But that that's where my rationale was, was that, you know, I just felt like, I have to stay home with my son. That's more important than anything. So I stayed home and I'm still home. I'm still Mm -hmm. home with him. But even in those um, moments that I was home with him, I just, I kind of heard God again, just kind of nudging me like, yeah, you know, maybe you could even homeschool him. Where I grew up in the Northeast, you know, homeschooling is just not a thing. Mm -hmm. It's just like people do homeschool, but they're weird. And I think now (laughs) that I'm home, i know that i'm weird but i'm accepting of that kind of weird i'm like yeah my kids are weird they like they know all the presidents they know all the states like (laughs) in the united states they can name off random facts about world war ii they're weird but that's a good thing yeah it just was kind of just this voice nudging me and nudging me and nudging me just stay home with your son raise him and Mm -hmm. i didn't think at that time that it meant raise him in the faith But now that's the whole reason why I homeschool is Mm -hmm. because I want him to know God in that very, very intimate way that I feel like I have the privilege of knowing him in. And that's more important than anything else, like, you know, reading or math, like, that's great. You need that to be a productive member of society. But I think that it's even more important that he's raised with this kind of knowledge that of of God. I don't want to throw him to the wolves just yet because the world is not very friendly to to Christians all the time. It's true that Christians are the most persecuted group in the world. So, I think that it was important for me to have that strong foundation for him and for my other children of course that to have the faith. But um I didn't get to it right away. Um, not, not at all. It's just kind of, I was moving like a turtle, but yeah, we finally did when he was about 10 months old, we finally went and we, we had him baptized in the Catholic church. Mm -hmm. And after that moment, it was just, you know, you, you, you take a class when you baptizing your, your child in the Catholic faith, you know, just, just a promise to raise him in the faith is basically, and I didn't realize I would take it so seriously, but I did, Mm -hmm. you know, at first I thought that. I would just raise him and be like, yeah, well, you you know, there's lots of different truths out there. You pick your truth and that's cool with me. And that's what I thought. But that's not that's not what happened at all. I realized, yeah. that, no, no, there's one truth. And mm-hmm. everybody else thinks that there might be other truths, but there's one truth. And I need to really hammer that home with him. So we started to go to church regularly. And we just started to read more about the church and learn more about the church and just learn all the things that I probably should have learned when I was still a child. I didn't retain it. I didn't know Mm -hmm. it. uh, And I was like, I'm finally knowing it for the first time. I think that, you know, I was kind of learning along with him, my son, my husband, you know, kind of just figuring it all out again.
1: Mm,
0: Yeah. After that moment. Yeah. It was just like, We just never look back after that.
1: Yeah. It's beautiful that you and Nico were doing this together because often you hear stories where one partner will sort of be leading the way and, you know, sometimes sadly having to drag the other one along. But you guys were very much, it seems like you were very much together in, in, in where you were going.
0: Yeah, we definitely were. He came at it from more of an intellectual point of view. Mm-hmm. Like he was just like, I want to know what the answers are, you know, right. because I'm curious. I've got I've got a mind that I just need to satisfy this curiosity of everything. And I feel like, you know, I'm I'm with him too. I love you know reading and and hearing about all those intellectual points as well. But I came at it obviously from a very different way, where it was like, you know, I first just kind of heard this voice of God, and I just kind of you know, let it lead me down this path. And, Mm. and it was like, okay, I, you know, it was probably God being like, yeah, I'm going to open this door for Nico and, and he's doing this too. So he's going to have some answers for the questions that you have at the same time that you're going through this, you know, I'm building this relationship with God. And I'm like, yeah, well, Nico, what do you think about, you know, this, and he would have an answer for me. And so we were kind of journeying together at the same time through different ways, Mm. which was Really wonderful.
1: Yeah, it's it's beautiful to see. I would say it's it's been the same in my life when God puts you with the right person before mm-hmm. you realize where you're both going to end up. Mm-hmm. Um, and you and you know you sort of you're in these relationships almost like we'll just get this started because you guys are going to end up here, and you really right. you really start to see the scope of His plans because you know my husband has said to me in the past when when i look back on when we first met i just assumed that this and this and this would happen and he said you gave me no indication that that's what our life would look like and yet it's happened uh-huh. um and we sort of you know a, another one of those points how did we know we knew but we knew yeah and we trusted yeah. it even though we didn't know who we were trusting right. yeah um it's really it's really, always really interesting when that sort of thing happens the other thing that i find fascinating about what god does is it seems like he puts two people together and then he brings in the children and the children's personalities, it's clear to me that they're not extensions of me and Ben. They are their mm-hmm. own people. And then this family kind of builds builds up together and, and each member of the family feeds into the way the others think in this really mm-hmm. intricate, beautiful way. And so, you know, you're talking about your perspective you brought this, these elements of faith to your mm-hmm. family. And then Nico's bringing these other elements of faith and both mm-hmm. things are really important and you need them all. And it makes this incredible whole and, and you've got even more children. I mean, are you starting to see things kind of feeding in? like?
0: Yeah, I definitely am. Um, I just, I, I love so much that our children just don't know any different, mm-hmm. that this is just they're kind of raised in this Christian home and they just have this kind of like a surety like, yes, God is real. Heaven is real. Jesus is real. All of these things. And they just kind of it's like in conversation, just they're they're always thinking about it. They're always mm-hmm. wondering about it. Um The other day we have a homeschool co-op that we go to and. My son had a difficult day at Co-op, and um he just came home, and what he did was he went into his bed and we have this crucifix that we just got. It's a beautiful crucifix that was uh, made in Bethlehem. And he just got it, and he took it in his hand. And he went into his bed and he just stared at Jesus for an hour, like crucified right. on the cross. I mean, just 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 that's what he goes to when he's stressed or he's sad. Mm-hmm. he's like, okay, I, I know that, you know, when I'm having a challenging, day I just need to go back and and reflect with God and I think wow I wish I had those skills when mm. I was a kid to deal with the struggles in my life to just go back to Jesus every time to just yeah. think about God and we've just seen that kind of just play out that that our kids just do things that <laughs> I just never would have thought in my own life that would happen and it is it's it's wonderful this kind of like little domestic church we've kind of created in our home where we just we always just kind of have God first on our minds and we think about him even Nico was saying today my son was like well why 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 do we have to say a prayer over our food he's like well we're blessing our food we're we're asking for God to bless bless our food to make it healthy for us and our body you know just it's just a regular conversation that we just we're just always kind of thinking about God mm. and I just yeah. think it's a really wonderful that we got here but also very strange that we kind of came here too cuz I just I I never thought that that would be us you know that yes. this would be you know, how we would be, uh, especially Nico and I, just thinking about, you know, everything that we talked about before, before we really, you know, had this relationship with God. We weren't really interested, but it's it's really cool to see our kids kind of grow up in the faith and just to be able to talk about it just so casually mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just ask questions and receive answers and,
1: yeah. Yeah, being able to to question is really important. It's mm-hmm. It's amazing how he fills every part of your life if you will allow him mm. to come in because we have the same we have similar conversations not growing up as christians and now we you know i'm doing a christian podcast and we have bibles we have about <laughs> 10 different bibles we seem right. to have collected all these bibles yeah. and 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 you know christian writings and and things and you know even with with the girls we've got into a habit now even if something good happens um they actually beat me to it half the time we're someone will just yell, thank you, God, you know, (laughs) it's not something that, that we would ever have, have thought of doing before, but just what you were saying about having those tools, because when I look back, you know, thinking about the ways that I coped with things before Mm -hmm. and growing up as a kid and, and looking at what my kids have to cope with, um, Sasha bought a book home which was about Billy who's very anxious and worried about things and he um he gets some worry dolls and he tells his worries to the worry dolls and then he's fine for a couple of days but then he gets worried that the worry dolls have no one to tell all of his worries that he's now burdened them with mm-hmm. who, who are they going to tell so he makes little tiny worry dolls for them and then it, it you know it just perpetuates and perpetuates and I could the book ended, but I can see a situation where Billy is just making dolls for the rest of his life. But isn't that a picture of how we can get ourselves into these spirals? Mm-hmm. We find something to help us that isn't God, but it's it's just an endless cycle of, of of having to keep this thing going. And I guess to a certain extent, you know, different addictions and all of those mm-hmm. things that we start out – out of a you know, genuinely trying to fix our situation or help us to get better, only ends up making us worse. And I found the only thing that only that ever made me get better was was giving it to God. Yeah. And yet it's so And yet it's so hard, isn't it, for people to to do that. We would much rather eat a pizza. Or right. you know like <laughs> You know, a piece of cheesecake will make make you feel better for five minutes, but it's not going to solve the problem. Yeah. And yet God really does solve the problems. You know, maybe yeah. not, not as quickly, but, but it's going to be a proper solve, you know.
0: Yeah. No, it's yeah. so true. We just, we have such, everyone's anxious today. You know, everyone mm. in the world is just, they're just burdened with depression and anxiety. And it's because we live in such a godless world. But I wish people knew, you know, just how wonderful having God is we're not meant to live without God which is why we're all so anxious and depressed but yeah I think about that too all the time just growing up and having all of these worries and anxieties and and wondering like why 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 do people suffer why do bad things happen to good people Mm -hmm. and wondering all those things but yeah just to know that God is walking with us even in those struggles Mm -hmm. Um, we always have to have an answer he has an answer and I don't need to know what it is because I'm a control freak. So I'm always thinking like, yeah, you know, like I can control everything, all the situations around me, but it's true. You know, you do get yourself into these, these spirals, yeah. but with God, they kind of just stop. Yeah. You know, you just can kind of give it to God and be like, yeah, you know, he knows better than I do right now about whatever's going on in my life. So yeah. just to kind of offer it up and say, all right, I'm just going to, you know, really stop dwelling on this and I'll have my piece of cheesecake and pizza
1: yeah, at <laughs> yeah. I still need those things <laughs>
0: those, yeah. those do make it better a little bit yeah.
1: <laughs> that's right yeah they become more important over time but I mean the scripture <laughs> the more children you have probably um the scripture that you brought was um Jeremiah 1 5 before I mm-hmm. formed you in the womb I knew you before you were born I sanctified you Isn't that an amazing thing to say? Before you were born, I sanctified you. I have Mm -hmm. appointed you a prophet to the nations. There's nothing like motherhood to make you realize that you don't have control over any of those things, is there?
0: It's so true. It's so true. And it's also so comforting to know that God knew me. He knew my husband. He knew my children before I ever did. He put us all on the earth at the same time so we could know each other. That so my version of the Bible says instead of sanctify it's consecrate. I consecrated you right, before. Yeah. yeah, and just knowing that he picked me for, you know, this role in my life. That's what he's called me to do. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what he's asked me to do. He's asked me to raise these set of children is so comforting to think mm-hmm. about.
1: Yeah. That he intended you to be the mother of these people too. That's, yeah, that's the thing that gives me comfort. Often, when I've made an error, I think, "Well, I can only do my best, and I know that I'm meant to be the mother for these mm-hmm. children. So, mm-hmm. surely, at some point, I'm going to say something that was useful or something that <laughs> needed to be said, <laughs> even if right. I, even if I mess up everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm important and- in their lives.
0: <laughs> exactly. Like you're, you're meant to be their mother. I mean, none of us are perfect either. So letting go of that, you know, idea that we can always say the perfect thing, because I know all the time I'm, oh, I always, I don't always say the perfect thing. And then I sit on it later on at night. I'm like, oh, wow, I should have said something different. Mm. But to know that each day is such a wonderful gift, we can wake up again in the morning and be like, I can start this better. I can do this better. You know, God's given me the tools. I just kind of think before I open my mouth sometimes.
1: Yeah, that's a hard one, isn't it? (laughs) <laughs> Especially when you're having trouble thinking at all.
0: <laughs> right. You know, like if I haven't had my coffee yet and everybody's you know, crying because they, everybody wants a different cereal. And it's oh. like, I, I, I don't know, guys. Mm. I don't know what I'm doing. Why am I even up?
1: Oh, yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm going to go back to bed.
1: <laughs> the one that gets me is when you give them the cereal they asked for, but then they decided halfway through you preparing it that they wanted a different kind of cereal. You know, that's
0: more it's disgusting to them, they don't know why. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I always think about that. I'm like, oh, like how are you gonna live? You like, you eat like a cheese it, like one <laughs> cheese it and yeah. like a bite of something every day. I'm like, how, how are you gonna live? Yeah. I have to, I have to make you survive.
1: I know. Yeah. But well, man does not live they, on one cheese it alone, does he? <laughs>
0: Picky eaters—that's that's something. It could oh, be a whole man. topic on motherhood. Like uh, some kids are just so picky. I feel like with
1: food. Mm, mm. I actually—this is the kind of mother I was. So I was able to—I was actually able to track my second's feeding schedule because both had to be on formula. And so with with the second one, I actually started an Excel spreadsheet because oh, wow. she—maybe it wasn't just her. It might actually be me as well, but. She was so she was so difficult to feed. Some days she would just reject it completely. And it was driving me crazy, so I started to I started to track to the mill how much she would take and I realized that she was going on a perfect sine wave. And so when she would have her fasting days as it were, I wasn't so terrified because I could see that she was going on this sine wave, you know. Yep. It was incredibly, like, yeah. It was incredibly helpful too, but also, helpful. but also really like obsessive and crazy, you know. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if that was a good thing to do or not. But she has this amazing record now, of um, <laughs> you know, when she has difficult children of her own, she can see that she was. Um, she's got this <laughs> feeding feeding log, yeah, I know. yeah. Oh,
0: it's the worst when they're like not eating enough, and you're like terrified, like ah. I need to get you to eat because my, my twins were on formula too because my supply never came in super great. But I was just, I remember always just being like, I, I need to feed you for you to live. So you need to like either nurse or take this bottle. Mm. Like just please do, do one of the other.
1: Yeah, yeah. But doesn't it make it obvious to you that, you know, even, even after they're born, our ability to sustain their life is limited, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And and I've been thinking a lot about the sort of naturalness of motherhood and, and what that looks like. What What is my role, actually? And I think you're mm-hmm. saying it beautifully, is our role is much more than just, you know, how many Cheez-Its you ate today. <laughs> it It is passing on the faith, yeah. isn't it? That's really what mm-hmm. we're called to and we're mothers.
0: Yeah, it totally is. Because, you, yeah, you can't control everything, but, you know, you hope to kind of like lay down that foundation so when the stresses and the struggles of life come, it doesn't all collapse. Like that's mm-hmm. what happened to me. It all collapsed because it wasn't built on anything strong. It was just mm-hmm. kind of like, yeah, this is what we do because it's right. And mm-hmm. that, did, that didn't make sense to me. So mm-hmm. it collapsed. You know, you want to protect your kids, but the reality is you can't always mm-hmm. protect mm-hmm. them from everything that's going to happen in life. And life's going to come no matter what. So to, to have that kind of foundation where, you know the winds will kind of blow, but it's not going to collapse. You know mm. because they're going to know Jesus. They're going to know that He's there with them, even if it doesn't seem like it. Mm. That's the most important thing to you know to prepare them for for life after this. You know I think sometimes we're just so set here. You know sometimes we we lose sight of the fact that that this isn't this isn't everything. This isn't it. You know mm-hmm. our life is meant to be in heaven. It's not meant mm-hmm. to be lived here. You know of course we want to make our way there by doing you know what we need to but they need to know jesus
1: well that that's that's my my big question to you because (laughs) you had struggles to get pregnant Mm -hmm. then you had this amazing experience Mm -hmm. and then you had more struggles Mm -hmm. and gradually over time you've you've come into a relationship with god where you're speaking as you are now to the point Mm -hmm. where you're raising your children in in the faith Mm mm-hmm my question is, having been coming from, from an atheist perspective, you, you started to believe in a God and then you still had trials. Mm-hmm. So if he didn't make everything rosy and amazing and have, you have this genie blessed life, well, <laughs> well, I shouldn't use the word blessed, that's my Christianese coming out, yeah. <laughs> you have this, this perfect life, uh-huh. why are you still here? why are you still a christian
0: wow yeah well i definitely don't have a rosy life so you know we could (laughs) (laughs) i would still be a christian because man i just i feel like i'm lost without god Mm. you know what i mean I, i just i feel like you know it'd be like a limb missing almost that there's almost this longing that I can't really quite put into words or, you know, put my finger on what it is, but kind of knowing God the way I do now, there's almost this longing to kind of just do everything I can to kind of see him. Mm. I often think about it. I often reflect about it that, you know, would I be a Christian if everything in my life was perfect still, even if I could get as close to perfection here on this earth, if I can know like the, you know, trajectory of my life and be like, yeah, everything's going to go fine for you from now on. You're not going to really suffer that much. You're going to be good. There would still just be this, this, this longing. And sometimes I feel like, you know, when I'm, you know, in those late nights, you know, this, this, almost this loneliness, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, I want him more than I have him right now. Like he's with me. Of course he's with me, but there's this just, the longing, this longing to be where I'm meant to be, and that, yeah. and that this is not it. It's just
1: temporary. Yeah, I found the same thing after I became a Christian. Two words came into my vocabulary that I'd never used in in with respect to God before, and the first one was Father. I found myself saying Father when I prayed, which which seemed to happen instinctively. It didn't. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a conscious choice to start calling him Father. It just happened. And the other word that started coming to my mind was home. I Mm -hmm. I need to get home. Yeah. Yeah. It was really strange. It just entered entered my vocabulary. I didn't, it wasn't something that I thought of or I didn't read it anywhere. It just, yeah, this longing to get home. Yeah. Mm. That
0: this is just not it. Like this is, it can't possibly be that we're just made for so much more
1: Mm.
0: than just this. And just... Yeah, with that absence of God, it's like you're just lonely. You just don't know why you're lonely. It's mm.
1: like, just well, you
0: can't, you can, you could do everything in the whole world and you could have all the wonderful experiences, and but there would still be something missing.
1: Because
0: mm. you, know, you kind of just, you get a, you get a, you get him in this world, but it's not the full experience almost.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, well, your story, your story actually beautifully, beautifully illustrates that, that, that you knew him before you knew mm-hmm. him, you know, he obviously knew you and, and you, uh, when he showed up, you weren't that surprised. Yeah. It was, you know, the way you sort of tell it, it's almost like, Oh, it's you kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yeah. You know you. Yeah. Yeah. I just <laughs> accepted it. <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so he's there, he's in us all, isn't it? And I think that's something we need to remember mm-hmm. when we, when we talk about people who don't believe as we believe, mm-hmm. we shouldn't be surprised to find him in those people because, he's there. He's, he's in us all, isn't he?
0: Right. Exactly. And always Mm. trying to remember that too. You know, there are people out there that don't know God yet, but he's there. He's waiting for that door to be Mm. opened up for them as well. And just praying, praying, praying that it does, that they're receptive to that to just be like, yeah, Oh, it is you. Yeah. You're, You're here. So just, always praying for our brothers and sisters that they do kind of find God the way that we, that we have, you know, you think of things like, I always think, Oh, I'm just, you know, somebody, I would have never thought that I would, I would care about this. I wouldn't be Mm -hmm. something that I was passionate about, but now here I am hoping everybody else finds it because I know how much better my life is Mm -hmm. now that God is in it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story And it's been absolutely, it's been a thrill to talk to you and hear everything that happened. And um, I just, I pray every blessing on your family as you go forward with what you're doing. I think it's wonderful.
0: Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. For listening to my story.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's wonderful. Thank you. Thanks for listening today. You can find out more about the show, our guests, and subscribe and download through all our channels by visiting thegospelaccordingtomum.com. Before we continue with this season's guests, we'll be talking with Tony Brooks for a special episode, Rest and Recap. Tony is husband to our Episode 2 guest, Cheryl Brooks. He's been involved in ministry through worship, eldership, and as a small group leader. He's a father and foster father to three children, and has long been an advocate for the City Bible Forum. We recap some of the themes from Sharon Ward's episode, looking at prayer and suffering, seeking God's kingdom, and sharing our faith with others. In the meantime, be encouraged, friend. And remember the God who taught you to love will not leave you as you walk with him more and more at your own pace. I'm Tanya Reason, and you've been listening to the Gospel According to Mum. Till next time.